Thank you for tuning back on the second episode in part two of Franklin's story with his intersectionality between being Asian and being gay. If you have not seen episode one, please go check it out. It is crazy. I loved it. It was amazing. The story is awesome. And he's a really funny person. So on to the second part. Like I said at the end of episode one, today we will be talking more broadly between both communities rather than his story. In today's episode, we will, as well, give more advice and also more information for others who are in his situation or are in situations similar to his, as well as situations that might have occurred in the past and people who are having difficulty knowing how to overcome them. Without further ado, here is the interview. What do you really want people to know about you or about the Asian intersection with LGBTQ community? This is this is a hard question to answer because it's difficult because I never thought about separating them because I am living in it, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't really think about you know how in in what ways do they intersect or do they not? Um, I think. There are certain challenges that these two, if separate, uh, there are different set of challenges that they face. Um, there are situations where those challenges are similar, and there are times when the lack of challenges of one side made it a challenge of the other. Mm. So um, let me try and think of an example. When we think about an Asian person, and 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 we sort of uh, s- sort of if we, if we if we were to project like historically, if we were to try and stereotype them, also thinking about the me as a me as a cis male, mm-hmm. a cisgender male, um, what what do what do people usually think about a cisgender male Asian person, right? Um, I feel like. Historically, we were not thought of as masculine. Mm. Uh, historically, we were not thought of as strong. Um, we were, we we are sort of. If 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 we're dating, we're not real. It 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 seems like we're not very high up in the ladder. Mm. Um, in terms of the hierarchy that exists. Yeah. Um, so that's a challenge. Being a queer person, um, and and let me let me kind of kind of tackle this because I am a gay. I I will just speak from a gay experience. Not for I'm not going to represent all the other identities that's under the umbrella queer. Being a gay person again isn't necessarily considered masculine, um, and um, like it's it's it, historically it is it is the the, the gay, uh, gay people are not traditionally considered as like all oh, these strong men. even though in in the society now like we're the strongest one of the more stronger like strongest people in, in a planet because of the struggles that we need to face because of the you know uh, the challenges that we need to co- we need to 
um, t tackle and 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 and. Um, but historically, like when we talk about stereotypes, it's we it's queer gay people are also not considered as gay males are actually are also not considered as masculine. So you have this double double identity that. Uh, kind of demasculate you, mm -hmm. right? Um, so this is where two challenges converge. Yeah. Right. So to make it super hard, uh, so you can imagine, and this is actually a phenomenon in the queer community, uh, especially talking about gay men. There's this phrase of uh, that was still popular, I would say, a few years ago: uh, no fat, no femme, no Asian. So when people, gay, gay men will actually put this in their dating profile saying, I don't want anyone fem, feminine. So that's projecting this like masculinity, toxic masculinity that exists in the hetero world. It's, it's translated into the queer wor world now. No femme, uh, uh, no fat, no femme. So there's femme, there's fat. So they don't want fat people, which is uh, body, sh uh, like fat shaming and, and, and uh, creating all sorts of body image issues. And then no Asian. It's very interesting that Asian exists in that yeah. paradigm, right? Like, it's like, oh, I flat out says, I, I just flat out said, I do not date Asian people. Why is that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think parts of it is what, what, what is the, 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 the overlap of like it, 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 part of it is what kind of inherited from the challenges that Asian communities face. So that's the yeah. overlap part. Um, however, at the same time, I think so. The lack. So I, I talk about how they overlap, but also. Sometimes the lack of challenges of one becomes a challenge of the other. So, again, historically, Asian people are not really looked at as someone who is, I don't want to say fun, but like, not looked, we, we, we tend to present ourselves as more serious. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we think comedians, we don't think Asian people in the past. Now we have so many yes, Asian comedians now, and it's so amazing. And again, it speaks to how representation matters. Like, mm -hmm. we have been funny all along. Why are you just picking up now, right? Like, yeah. why is society, society just picking it up now? Um, and but then at the time, it's like you know, we are we are the comedic relief in movies, but we're not necessarily. Yeah, the, the you main. know the, the the people that you want to hang out with. Let's just say that, right? Um, so so that's that part of it. But then being queer, it's kind of the opposite of that. Like we think, even though queer people are generally oppressed, but at the same time, because they're oppressed, they have to develop these huge personalities to survive, mm -hmm. and they ended up being all these like. The, the, the fun people that you want to hang out with, right? So it's it's this sort of polar opposite that I have to live in between. Mm. Because on one side of it, it's like, my mom always tells me, don't laugh that hard. Like, it's too loud. Like, don't don't be too loud. Like, you need to be more professional. 
But on this side, the people, every time I do something kind of funny, everyone is like, yes! So, like, it's, it's this in between. Um, I think, I think in a, particularly in China, my personality that I developed by way of being gay would not be accepted, Mm. let's say, in a working professional environment in China. Um, It... But but the time is changing. I don't want it. I want it because I've been away from this that community for like six and a half years. So I can't say that that's the case now. But at the time, it felt like that way. Especially when your parents keep telling you like you know stop being flamboyant. Um, so here it's like this is accepted. This is not. Mm-hmm. So this becomes a challenge. This uh, this side it doesn't have any challenges. But then it. For my uh, for my other identity becomes a challenge, and then the same can the same can be done uh, in 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 a reverse kind of way. Um, if uh, sort of my uh, like if I if I if I present myself as more serious um, in in the, in in the Asian community. Uh, or just sort of kind of fit into the stereotype, um, then I feel like sometimes my queerness needs to be stifled a little bit. So that's 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 the balance that I'm having to 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 to, to strike every day. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. yeah, I think that does lead into the next question, which mm-hmm. is like, do you have a, uh, ever have trouble balancing both identities? And I think you did answer that by saying how you were in the intermediary between both of them. Yes. Both of this like kind of stereotypes mm-hmm. that you have, where one, if you do too much of the other, is lowered or yeah. raised. And I'd like to point out that like the stereotype where Asian cisgendered men are like non-masculine or yeah. the other thing is wrong because I know a lot of people who are very strong in different ways. Exactly, and yeah. One way I think I know partly from you is because you like lift very yes. heavy you're a great weight lifter i think it was Thank like you. you deadlift twice my weight or, like three times it's crazy absurd <laughs> i remember you. just like talking to a bunch of my friends they're like did you know mr chan like can deadlift this much i'm like what how is that even possible <laughs> thank you crazy um so yeah like, i mean now i'm like 29 years old it's easier now like i I just don't don't care anymore, mm-hmm. right? For me, it's like this works for me. This does not work for me. I'm going to amp up the things that works for me. I want to sort of the things that doesn't work for me. I'm just gonna be like, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter. So for me, it's like now, um, like you said, like like there's so many Asian people that present themselves as masculine. Um, but I think the society is not picking it up. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like yeah. when you're t- speak, talking with your having conversation with your friend about like, oh, you know, did you know that Mr. Chen lifts this much? Were they surprised because I lift that much, or were they surprised because I'm Asian? That's a good question, right? That I did not actually pick up though. So that's that's always the question that I have. So I I I am I am now in a to a point. Uh, grown to a point where I'm like I just want to uh, <laughs> this is joke by by this uh, 
very funny comedian, queer as well, uh, Joe Kim Booster. Booster. Yeah. He's like, he has this joke that's like, I'm just constantly disappointing white people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I'm trying to do now. Yeah. Like, I want to be what the stereotype says. I want to not be what the stereotype says so I, I, I am, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, lifting and like working out was part of it is kind of fe- it's 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 kind of feeding into the the, the, the gay stereotype of like not gay stereotype but like within the queer community there is this problem with body image and that's when I started working out because I see that that's what's desirable whatever mm-hmm. um, and I was like okay I need to do something about my body mm-hmm. It gradually became so. It it started as a, a unhealthy body image thing, but it started to grow into this. Oh, now I just don't really care. Like I, yeah. I feel fine with my body. Um, now I lift because I like you know I want to break my record. It's mm-hmm. not like oh I want to have this particular. I like to have like thick thighs. Like that's not my goal <laughs> now. It's more like. Um, you know, I want to be like I want to feel a sense of accomplishment, and it's a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's good now. Uh, but but by doing that, I'm realizing like people are surprised by the things I do, and sometimes not for the right reason. Yes, I think for me actually, mm-hmm. I always thought of Asian males as extremely strong. Mm-hmm. I think that was, I didn't even know there was a stereotype that, you know, a- Asian males were like mm-hmm. feminine. Only yeah. recently had I understood when, you know, you see these comments about like K-pop mm-hmm. or like new Asian music mm-hmm. coming through. They're like, oh, it's so feminine. Yeah. Because I always thought, I, I used to always um, watch the weightlifting competitions, Olympics, and it was yeah. always like super power. I was like, I want to be like that. Exactly. I, wanna, I always thought they yeah. were just naturally super powerful. Like we were like very super strong yeah. Asian males, but it was only so recently that I uh, found out that there's a right. stereotype against it, which is yeah. really weird. And it's specific to the United States, mm, yes. right? Because like in, in China, because let's use the Olympics as an, as an example. Me, if I were, uh, white men in America looking at uh, weightlifting Olympic Games, right? And I see huge, like, amazing lifters from all over the world. And I see, you know, this guy from China who's, like, taking gold and, like, oh, my God, so strong, right? Mm -hmm. Because that guy is from China, for some reason, doesn't translate, if that makes sense. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I see a strong Asian person. But it, he's so far away. So in, in a way, it still feels like it's not the norm. Mm, yeah. Right? Um, and if you look at the athletes that represent the United States, uh, and especially the sports where uh, um, it usually features, uh, that we're more likely to see Asian athletes featured, where are they? Mm. Are they in weightlifting competitions? I don't know. Do, um, maybe they are. I just don't pay attention to sports. But like, I, <laughs> I, 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 I tend to think like things like, I don't know. Oh my god! I should know my Asian history at this point. I should know who are the, who are the famous Olympian, uh, Asian Olympians that's now representing America. But the fact that I, it's it's harder for me to oh like, uh, 
we just had uh, Summer Olympics, so we had uh, Suna Lee, mm-hmm. right? Um, strong Asian woman. Um, and we have, uh, we have, who else we have? We did have Laura Tsung. I talked with her before, and yeah. she did rhythmic gymnastics. Yes. So more Oh, gym- yes. But at the same time, gymnastics is, is also... I feel like I'm... That's I'm, I'm, true. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's masculine, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like not a lot of people really know about it. Right. And at the same time, if you look at... That's... I don't know anyone, I do, at least not famous enough, who... I, I haven't seen any Asian male gym, uh, gymnast representing America in in the Olympics, I mm-hmm. don't think. Yeah. It's still very white, to my knowledge. So it's like, okay, all these s- tiny, small, tiny signals that, I, that, that, that the media or the society is sending me, it's like, oh, you know... Very specific. It's it. I I I think it's very specific to United States. I feel like the way that we talked about it is kind of all over the place. So we can try to piece that together. But I think yes, it's 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 specific to 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 this community. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I'm I I like almost wholeheartedly agree. I think most of the stuff you see here in the United States, you probably won't see in most other countries. Right. But what is some advice you would give? to a person who was or is in your position? Advice. In my position now or in my position like at some point in my coming out journey or in my queer journey? <laughs> Let's say when you found out and then one for your coming out journey and then one for right now. One for right now. Okay. I mean one for right now it's that's why I'm the track because I'm still trying to figure it out. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I okay Let's, cause since I work here, um, and I'm assuming a lot of your, your, um, your classmates and friends will be listening to this, so my audience will be a lot of them will be St. Mark students. Um, I think that my advice would be, it's 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 hard to give advice because every experience is very yeah, different. and at the same time, like I haven't come out to my parents yet, mm. right? So I. Like, it's so privileged for me to say, to be like, oh, you know, oh, be, just be yourself. But I can't be myself. I can't even be myself around my parents. So I can't offer that advice. Uh, To to just be like, oh, you know, just be yourself. But I think my, I guess what I can offer as advice is um, mm, for someone who is like me. So I'm assuming a either a Chinese American high schooler or a international Chinese student studying here, um, I would say maybe take advantage of, of, of being a boarding student and sort of try things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and because I think that the thing that helped me uh, the most is my distance with my family when for for my queer journey not necessarily um, you know uh, including my family into in, into it like that part I'm still working on it but I think what helped me in my queer identity development was that distance from my family because I don't have to always think about how I need to hide this from my family 
if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like everything's banned there. No Facebook. No Instagram. No Google. Like anything queer that I share on social media, I hear, they won't. They are not able to see it. So um, just having that distance, I love them very, very much. I, it's it's not like I, I I I hate them and I don't want to deal with them anymore. I love them very much. But because of this physical distance and because of all these barriers that exist, I'm able to just try being me, mm-hmm. without thinking about what, what 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 my family is going to think about me or what my, uh, you know, uh, friends in high school are going to think about me because there's this distance. Um, so I would say take advantage of that distance. Yeah, is is my advice. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed both of these episodes. I myself enjoyed listening to his story and also listening to the intersectionality between his community, the Asian community, and also his other community, the LGBTQ community. It was also nice to know that his story is very different and something that I've never heard of. And because it's something so unique, I wanted to bring this out to everybody else so everybody else can see another story, expand their horizon, know another person or know another point of view. And I hope I accomplished this today through his story and through his advice. I hope you stay tuned into the other stories, interviews, and other questions on my podcast.